0: Throughout the years, how have your tax rates changed? Do you feel that your tax rates are more or less than they should be? Hello and welcome to a podcast where I will discuss how the tax rates for Americans have changed over the past several decades, but also why they have changed. I'll be doing this with my partner, Brian.
1: Greetings, everybody. I am Brian Plummel, and we will be covering the changes of tax rates, as well as its many specific types, such as marginal and income tax rates.
0: In 1953, the federal marginal tax rate in the United States was a whopping 91%, but in just 36 years, it dropped all the way down to just 28%. Hey Brian, can you please explain what marginal tax rates are?
1: Marginal tax rate is the amount of additional tax paid per every additional dollar earned.
0: Given that, can you please explain the history of the changes in the marginal tax rate?
1: Yes, during Dwight D. Eisenhower's administration, the percent ceiling rate went from 91% to 70%. In the 1980s, President Ronald Reagan and his conservatives revolted, causing the top income tax rate to plunge to 20%. As huge deficits grew, Reagan's successor, George H.W. Bush, felt compelled to increase that top tax rate to 31%, and the administration of Bill Clinton increased that top rate to 39.6%. But in the new century, George W. Bush revived the Reaganite tax logic. This dropped the tax rate to 35%, and Bush became the first American president to cut taxes on wealthy Americans in a time of war. Basically, what this means is that the top tax rate for the wealthy has changed dramatically over time, at certain points, dropping 21% between just two presidents. This can relate to marginal analysis, which is comparing additional output to the input and deciding whether or not to add one input for one output. Economists and government leaders use this to decide if they should produce more output. Ideally, additional output is larger than the input needed. The data about tax rates have changed through presidents. Relating to the marginal analysis because George Bush saw how the budget deficits grew from Reagan's low tax rate and used marginal analysis to see how much additional tax he wanted to increase by, which ended up being 3 percent. In any situation, economic situations are made due to scarcity. This is prevalent here, where these presidents made their decisions due to the scarcity of money in the government's budget. George Bush made this decision that no president has ever done before, which was to drop the tax on the wealthy during the war. It seems he made this choice because he believed that the scarcity of the government budget was very minimal, which caused him to believe that all of the income taxes of people should be similar or equal. It seems that this lack of scarcity led Bush to make a poor decision by decreasing the taxes of the wealthy.
0: Interesting, but George W. Bush was not the only president who made severe changes to the taxes that are given to the wealthy. Before we discuss another president who made tax changes, let's take a moment to discuss another interesting topic war. War plays a huge role in economics. War also impacts many people. So give it a listen. The podcast is from Arash Hosseinizade and Ryan Deem. In the 1950s and 60s, the United States government heavily taxed the wealthy in order to balance the income tax of the upper, middle, and lower classes. Soon this led to the 1970s, where certain taxes plummeted, decreasing the taxes given to the upper class, but still above the amount of taxes given to the lower and middle class. After Trump's 2017 tax cut, the income taxes of the wealthy was identical to the income taxes of the middle and lower class. This represents inefficiency and its dangers, as the federal income tax system became inefficient by making the income tax production as minimal and inefficient as possible. This inefficiency leads to the government being damaged as their budget becomes very insufficient and not having the money to spend on Social Security, Medicare, and other mandatory spending. We can see how people and companies are affected by Trump's tax cut. As according to a primary source from the Washington Post, author Matt O'Brien says, that's because they didn't give companies an incentive to directly pay their employees more but rather to invest more in their business, which, by making their workers more productive, was supposed to indirectly lead to higher pay in the long run. What happened last year, though, is that CEOs were touting businesses that they were probably going to give anyway as evidence that the tax cuts were already working. Wells Fargo, for one, originally said its raises didn't have anything to do with the tax bill, before quickly changing its tune to try to curry favor with the administration but as the left-leaning economic policy institute's Lawrence Michelle points out you can tell that this wasn't actually what was going on from the fact that neither salaries nor bonuses have started growing any faster since then
1: now we are going to discuss what Trump did to the tax rates and tax brackets that changed it so drastically The law retained the old structure of seven individual income tax brackets, but in most cases, it lowered the rates. The top rate fell from 39.6% to 37%, while the 33% bracket dropped to 32%, the 28% bracket to 24%, the 25% bracket to 22%, and the 25% bracket to 12%. The lowest bracket remained at 10%, and the 35% bracket was also unchanged. The income bans that the new rates applied to are lower compared to the 2018 brackets under current law, for the 5 highest brackets. What this means is that the 7 tax brackets dropped dramatically, plummeting by an overall of 11%. This relates to opportunity costs, as Trump saw the result of whether or not to change the tax rates and decided to drop these rates. Trump made new changes that would allow the tax rates to benefit. However, this would lead Trump to miss out on the opportunity cost of the previous tax rates. This relates to trade-offs, which are a decision one makes where they gain something in return for losing something. In this case, Trump's trade-off is that workers' wages increase as well as their purchasing power. However, government tax revenue decreases due to lower taxes. Trump made this trade-off because he didn't give a sh**.
0: Before we start talking about state tax rates, I would like to inform you about another podcast, which I found very interesting. If you love sports, then I recommend checking out Gavin, Ethan, and Parker's podcast, where they explain how the coronavirus has affected sports, as well as the economics behind it.
1: Even though presidents were the main factor that changed tax rates, states were soon given the freedom to decide the price and range of their income tax rates. This created a great change in the percentage of the income tax rate, which was proven by a graph that displays the changes in the federal income tax receipts and the top income tax rates. According to the graph from Just Facts, a nonprofit organization dedicated to publishing true facts to educate readers, Federal top income tax rates were up to 90% until decreasing to 70% from 1962 to 1980. Then, the top rates further reduced to 50% during the early 1980s, until drastically dropping to 28% during the late 1980s. In the 1990s, the top rates rise to 39% until further dropping to 35% in the 2000s. Finally, the top rates increased to 39% in the 2010s. The federal income tax receipts are shown to be in a slope pattern throughout the data. The data does maintain a 6% to 8% range, though. The few exceptions are when the receipts rose to 9% during the years of 1970 to 1981, and the line drastically increased to over 10% during the year 2000. The line also went down to a low 6% during 2008. We can see how this graph relates to supply and demand as the government uses the contractionary fiscal policy and expansionary fiscal policy in order to speed up or slow down the economy by using spending cuts and increasing or decreasing taxes. The contractionary fiscal policy is meant to slow down the economy while the expansionary fiscal policy is meant to speed up the economy. We can see how the government uses these policies in order to keep the economy consistent. Even though the percentages of total taxes and tax receipts are constantly changing, the government has done a good job at keeping the economy consistent, as seen when the percentages never surpass the average area they are currently in that both prevent the economy from failing but also does not overwork it until the economy eventually breaks down. This connects to how the supply and demand curves also stay the same, as the economy makes sure that they do not reach a surplus or shortage. The government is able to keep the percentages of supply and demand as well as taxes relatively consistent. The circular flow chart is a chart that describes what the government, households, firms, resource market, product market and the rest of the world give to each other in order to benefit as an economy. The circular flow chart relies on every single aspect, which means that one missing or broken part will disrupt the entire flow chart. This is seen in the context of a graph where it claims that almost all of the states have varying income tax rates. This leads to an inequality where the tax receipts go downhill quickly and never go back up to where they were. This is because of the tax inequality as the ability for every state to have a different income tax leads to certain taxes having little to none. Little tax... <laughs> This is because of the tax inequality, as the ability for every state to have different income tax leads to certain states having little to no taxes. This annihilates the part of the circular flowchart that connects the households to the government through taxes. Since the households no longer give as much taxes to the government, the government's budget becomes significantly weaker. This disruption can lead to a downfall of the entire economy of the country. So, because of this tax inequality, can he give us some statistics about the taxes given to the upper class?
0: According to the New York Times, an American-trusted news brand, it states that, For the first time on record, the 400 wealthiest Americans last year paid a lower total tax rate spanning federal, state, and local taxes than any other income group according to newly released data. In the New York Times article, there is a graph which shows that in 1950, the top richest people paid 70% in taxes, where in 2018, they only paid around 23%, which according to the New York Times is much less than the middle class families paid that year. Another example of how rich Americans avoided higher taxes than middle class citizens came from a recent upload on YouTube from an author, professor, and ex-economic advisor from the Clinton administration, Robert Reich. In this documentary, Inequality for All, there are videos from people being interviewed saying what their taxes were, and if you listen close enough, you'll be able to hear the difference in tax for the high class to middle class. The first two speakers, as well as the fourth, are high-class individuals, where the third speaker is a middle-class citizen. My total taxes paid—payroll taxes plus income tax—mine uh, came to 17.7 uh, percent. The average for the office was 32.9 percent. There wasn't anybody in the office from the reception to the up that paid as low a tax rate. The taxation system has tilted toward the rich and away from the middle class in the last 10 years is dramatic and I don't think it's appreciated. What's the effective rate I've been paying? It's probably
1: closer to the 15% rate than I think. Mr. Romney's income taxes were finally posted and he paid 13.9%. Nancy and I paid 33% or more in the 30s and I find that atrocious. I paid 11% last year on an eight-figure income. Over the past 70 years, presidents, the government, people, and even states have changed the tax rates. This has led to a major tax inequality where the formation of an upper, middle, and lower class have been created, along with their own individual tax rates. There are also many effects and results of these tax rate changes, which can, unfortunately, lead to inefficiency, the loss of important opportunity costs, poor trade-offs, and disruptions to the circular flow model.
0: Several things have defined
1: how situations are made. These include scarcity, where the
0: scarcity of money drives economic decisions for either higher or lower taxes. Decisions are made by the decision-making process of identifying opportunity costs and trade-offs, an example being Trump's tax cuts, where he gives absolutely no f***. Tax-changing decisions are also made by incorporating supply and demand and how to either slow the economy down or speed it up by using either contractionary fiscal policy or expansionary fiscal policy.
1: The one thing that we hope you take away from this podcast is how taxes have changed, what those certain changes have done, and what inequality there is among taxes.
0: Thank you all for listening to this podcast. Enjoy your global pandemic.